0: Welcome to the Backports Talk podcast. I'm your co-host Jason.
1: It's your co-host Danny.
0: And look, fans, we have a fun field show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about J.J. Watt, the Milwaukee Brewers. It is spring training. Baseball is upon us. A little bit about the NBA. And then we have a very intriguing trading card scenario, one in which I still have no idea who I'm going to pick. But first, to J.J. Watt. Him signing this two-year contract with the Arizona Cardinals. That contract is two years worth $31 million with $23 million guaranteed. I don't think a lot of people knew that he was going to actually go to Arizona. I think they were thinking the likes of the Green Bay Packers because he obviously played for the Wisconsin Badgers. The likes of the Pittsburgh Steelers because he has brothers there. Cleveland Browns was another option. Tennessee Titans yes. within a division was another option. But the Arizona Cardinals, I don't think anyone really saw that coming. How interesting it is for J.J. Watt to go to the end of the Sea West. I'm shocked. I think this move is going to really force the hand of the Seattle Seahawks and their draft picks. Russell Wilson has indicated that he's getting tackled too much. He's getting sacked too much. And I think the Seattle Seahawks may have thought, okay, well, let's just satisfy Russell Wilson. Let's go ahead and probably just draft an old lineman, maybe in the first, second round, what have you. And then we're good. Mm-hmm. I think this totally changes their draft strategy in where I can see them picking multiple offensive linemen because they're going to need somebody some bodies to really filter out and substitute throughout the course of a game, because Arizona D line is wicked. They're going to be coming all game. And so I just believe that they're really going to go ahead and just draft some offensive linemen. So yeah, very interesting. What say you Danny?
1: We talked offline about this. There was a tweet sent by Deandre Hopkins a couple weeks back where he was like, why don't you come? Come over here, play with us. And no one really paid too much attention to it, obviously, because J.J. Watt was throwing smoke signals to other teams saying, hey, Cleveland, hey, Buffalo, hey, Green Bay. But he totally did a uh, 180 here, man. And it is rumored that Cleveland and Indianapolis actually offered him more money, Mm -hmm. allegedly. And I thought Indianapolis would have been a nice fit as well. So for him to take Arizona, and he made mention on ESPN.com about one of the main reasons he did it was of Kyler Murray. Him being a winner and wanting to pair up with Kyler Murray, play with DeAndre Hopkins again, and then also the defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. So there were a lot of clues prior to him actually announcing he was going to Arizona. But it just didn't make sense from Arizona's standpoint, just due to all the needs they have and to offer him that type of contract and more or less hamstring them from improving their team in other areas where they they have need. It definitely caught me off guard. So it'd be very interesting to see, like you said, and then, too, if you think about San Francisco as well, right? How are they going to Mm -hmm. prepare for this within the division and? Looking at that division, we thought it was competitive this year. Depending on how free agency goes and the draft goes, this could be another gauntlet year for that NFC West.
0: It is going to be wicked.
1: Definitely an interesting move for sure, man. It caught me off guard. and We'll see what happens. Yep. It sets the tone for the rest of free agency for sure.
0: Definitely. And now to the Milwaukee Brewers. We are on the horizons of the baseball season starting, which begins April 1st. They have been in the playoffs. They have actually been doing a pretty decent job. Uh, We'll see what happens here. Kristen Yellich had a a terrible season last year on a shortened season, but terrible nonetheless. And he is really looking to have a better season this year. One of the major moves that they made was getting Wong from, from the St. Louis Cardinals. And it's going to be really interesting because I think that really solidifies the infield. Uh, defensively. I mean, Wong is a two-time Golden Glove winner. In reading some of the articles, I mean, they're saying that the NL Central is weak. They're saying how, we'll see. Uh, I think the Brewers uh, are going to be right there. I do like the fact that the Brewers went for it. They went for uh, Justin Turner from the uh, LA Dodgers. They went for him. They didn't get him, but they still went for him. That says a lot to me about the mindset of the Brewers. At least they're going for it. They're not as focused in terms of settling. They're not settling for the team that they have. They're going for the team that they want to have, a championship squad, a uh, divisional winner. And for a small market team to to really do this, to me, uh, speaks volumes. For so many years, Danny, we we've witnessed terrible baseball from the Milwaukee Brewers yes I would say over the past few years we have witnessed the Brewers really kind of going for it here and this is again from a small market team I I, I remember reading uh, something here most recently about uh, even though the Brewers have a very small market with regards to TV they're actually ranked in the top 10 in terms of attendance so COVID yes messed things up for us but we have some loyal fans, some loyal Brewer fans. And it's just a good time to go to a Brewer's game and all. Uh, and we so can't wait until fans can get back in the stands and really enjoy some baseball here. So we'll see what happens. What, what do you say, Danny?
1: The Justin Turner deal, they were a finalist. He was actually strongly considering them. Mm-hmm. So that was good to see. You get Lorenzo Cain back, mm-hmm. which I think will definitely impact Yelich this year. Yep, Having Low Cain back, that's huge. He wasn't even there last year, and they made the playoffs. So getting him back, getting his defense, getting his bat, you get Hayter back and Woodruff back from a pitching perspective. And you got the rookie of the year, reigning rookie of the year, coming back, Devin Williams. So I think they have a good shot to win the division. St. Louis is always going to be there, man. They they made the deal for Arenado this year. They're always going to be in it. So I can see the Brewers either winning it or taking second in the division. I think the Cubs are going to fall back a little bit. I think it's <laughs> I think they're they're in line for a good season and two if something will be different. Ryan Braun will be gone. This gives them a fresh look, put Yelich and Locaine as uh, the faces of the franchise and make moves as needed, but I think they're in a good position.
0: Now to the NBA. Danny, we are upon All-Star Weekend halfway through the season here. I think what we have to really watch out for here, especially in the Western Conference, is that the Phoenix Suns are rising, man. They are number two in the conference. So you have the Utah Jazz, Phoenix Suns, and then the Los Angeles Lakers, followed by the Clippers. I will say this, man. I think we need to really pay attention to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Granted, yes, Anthony Davis is hurt, and the Lakers have been missing people even tonight. LeBron is not playing against the Kings. I will also say this too, man. When we talk about the second half of the season, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're still in it, okay? As of right now, they're only two games out of the number one seed. So you have Philadelphia 76ers. You have the Brooklyn Nets, a half game out. And then you have the Milwaukee Bucks, two games out. So even though the Bucks lost by like 30 points or something like that against the Denver Nuggets last night, <laughs> the Bucks are still within grasp of the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. To add to that, in this second half of the season, Danny... Yes. Uh the end of March going into April. The Milwaukee Bucks has a very interesting stretch. In that stretch, out of their 10 games, nine of them are going to be on the road. But this let's just listen, let's break down how this road schedule is because they're going to be crisscrossing the entire country with this schedule here. Okay. So March 29th, they're at the LA Clippers. March 31st at the Lakers. So basically, they're staying in Los Angeles for a few days. Mm -hmm. Then they go to Portland to play the Trailblazers. The very next night on April 3rd, they're at Sacramento. Then on April 6th, they're at Golden State. And then, so April 8th, they're in Dallas playing the Mavericks. Again, coming from Oakland, playing the Warriors. But then I don't know what. The schedulers were thinking here. So on April 8th, they're in Dallas. And then the very next day, they go back home to Milwaukee to play Charlotte. And then on the 11th, they go all the way back down to Orlando in Florida. And then on the 14th, you know know where they're going? They're going back up north to Minnesota. (laughs) But the very next night, they're going all the way back south to Atlanta. Whoever made this wicked schedule... (laughs) <laughs> man, come on man this is ridiculous it's going to be interesting to see how coach Bud really deals with this i can see maybe some people from the g league actually being called up and kind of helping thing you know helping them play these games man because this schedule is is really wicked man nba is going to be interesting the second half of the season danny what are your thoughts so when they
1: released the second half schedule 68 days and like you mentioned the bucks and their crazy schedule. Some of these teams, I believe it's San Antonio and Memphis. They play 40 games in 68 days because of COVID, because they got hit with COVID in the first, so they got to make up the games. Mm -hmm. The strength of schedule for those teams that had an easier, like the Lakers, the Bucks, just to name a few, their strength of schedule flips. So then it goes from the easiest to the hardest to balance Mm -hmm. it out. Not only do you have a harder schedule from a the teams you're facing perspective, but you have the travel involved and bouncing all around the United States in these 68 days to get to the playoffs. I thought that was very interesting in the number of back-to-back games. Some of these teams have up to double-figure back-to-back games also within this period. A few teams are going to be in the same boat where it's really going to test their mental and physical mm-hmm. uh, to see who can persevere and stay healthy Throughout this time. And then you got the COVID situation looming as well. There's a lot going on where these standings could move significantly depending on, especially, I think the top tier teams are the top tier teams. I think it's that five through 10 where you may see a lot of shuffling just based on what's going on. I'll take a team like Golden State. Mm -hmm. They had one of the hardest schedules in the first half. Now they have an easier schedule or one of the easiest. That may propel them up. And then if they make a move or something at the trade deadline, that definitely can help them. Yeah, let
0: me ask you this. Do you think the number one seed really matters with not that many fans really in the stands Who or who knows how many fans are going to be available in the playoffs? I mean, some teams are actually opening things up. For the fans to actually attend games, a certain percentage.
1: And watching the Clippers Bucks game last Sunday, there were what, 1,800, 2,000 people at five serve. It actually, I think, made a difference in that game, just having people there where mm-hmm. they rallied to come back because the Bucks weren't playing great. They're getting manhandled for a little bit there. And then all of a sudden, when Giannis had that big time dunk at the end mm-hmm. where he took off and Marcus mm-hmm. Morris. He made mm-hmm. a business decision and got out the way.
0: <laughs> he <laughs> sure did.
1: <laughs> but then it was, you could see Giannis, it seemed like he was feeding off the crowd, even though there are not that many people there. There are people there versus the bubble with the virtual fans. I think this actually makes a difference. How
0: about you? I think for a veteran team like the Lakers or, a, you know, veteran presence like LeBron and AD, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference there. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like a team like the Milwaukee Bucks trying to get over the hump from you know going from the second round to the next round and possibly from the final court excuse me from the conference finals to the finals, I think it's gonna make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna matter for a team like the Brooklyn Nets, man. They can just ball no matter where they go. They try <laughs> their ball balling skills travel with them Mm -hmm. they may have a couple games here kind of on a downswing or whatever but I think when you when you pull in a Kevin Durant he just likes the ball man it don't matter where he is I think Kyrie is is starting to become similar James Harden he's just a scoring machine this year more so an assist machine so I think when you have that type of leadership and I think it's not going to really matter where they play so we'll see what happens there man Now, a very intriguing trading card scenario. Danny, what we got?
1: So, Jason, tonight's trading card scenario involves Nikola Jokic's 2015 Panini Prism rookie card for Joel Embiid's 2014 Panini Prism rookie card. A couple quick bios for Nikola Jokic. He was selected in the second round by the Denver Nuggets in 2014. He was in Serbia and ended up coming to the NBA in for the 2015-2016 season. So he missed a season um, after he was drafted. Three-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, made the All-Rookie team. He averages 17.8 points a game, 9.7 rebounds, 5.8 assists, and 1.2 steals. Joel Embiid was the third overall pick by the Philadelphia 76ers in, tw- in the 2014 draft out of Kansas. He actually missed two seasons. Due to his uh, foot issues, he's a four-time all-star, two-time all-NBA, all-rookie team, two-time all-defensive team. Career averages are 24.7 points, 11.5 rebounds, and three assists a game. So Jason, looking at your portfolio, who do you want?
0: The fans know where I'm going with this, man. I looked at some videotape. I looked at, looked at some footage of primarily uh, Joel Embiid back when he was with Kansas. When here he was with Kansas. And I looked at the footage and obviously was very impressed. I understand why the Philadelphia 76ers selected him number three overall, even with the foot injury. uh, The potential is definitely there. Um, This whole comparison between Joel Embiid and also Hakeem Olajuwon, I did not understand it. I still do not understand it. But I understand it maybe just a little bit more. In watching footage of Joel Embiid at Kansas. At Kansas, he was a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. He wasn't as heavy. And so it seemed like he obviously had the opportunity there to have the, the, as Shaq would say, the feet work <laughs> of a uh, Akeem Olajuwon. But it's been a number of years since then, and Joel Embiid is not as agile as he was in college. So, and he is... His footwork is not uh, as good. So this comparison with between Hakeem Olajuwon and Joel Embiid has got to stop. Olajuwon was something to behold, especially down in the post. So much so, there's footage of LeBron getting lessons from Hakeem Olajuwon of his post moves, of the footwork. We all just needed to stop it in, with this Hakeem Olajuwon, Joel Embiid comparison. Having said that, Joel Embiid is having an impressive year this year. Mm -hmm. But you did mention a stat that is very concerning. He missed the first couple of years due to his foot. But when he did return back into the NBA, he really never played a full season. And looking at the number of games that Joel Embiid has played in his career, we're looking at about 238. I did not watch uh, Jokic's film, Um, from back in the day, so I really wanted to focus more so on what Jokic is like now, okay? Mm -hmm. And what he is now is a triple-double machine at their center position. Last night against the Milwaukee Bucks, he got another triple-double. One stat that is very impressive is that Jokic has 50 triple-doubles in his career, there's only two centers having 50 or more triple doubles in their career. That other center is Wilt Chamberlain and Wilt has 78 triple doubles. And so when we think about Nikola, his availability, because in looking at the number of games that uh, Jokic has played, he's played 416 games, man. And in looking at the number of games 80 games, 73 games, 75 games, 80, 73 games. And he's played up to this point about 35 games for the season. So I say that to say, man, the best thing for an athlete to be is to be available. We can say that about Jokic and his transformation in terms of his body Mm -hmm. from last season to this season in the COVID situation. I mean, he's dropped so many pounds and you know, he looks a little bit more fine tuned. He's playing a lot better. I mean, Jokic is having a phenomenal season. I mean, he's averaging, like you said, Danny, 27 points, 11 boards, eight, close to nine assists a game, man. He's having an impressive season, MVP like season. So, This has been very difficult for me, man. But when I look at Joel Embiid, uh, and I'm thinking about last year's All-Star game, man, and where all the All-Stars were focusing in on Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. He was the one getting easy buckets. He was the one lifting his team. Uh, They would go to him down in the post. They would go to him. And that says a lot especially in the all-star game, to be a star amongst stars. And so this has been difficult, man, but I'm going to have to go with Jokic on this. I'm going to have to go with Jokic because of his availability. The fact that he has 50 triple doubles, I mean, I mentioned before that he's you know, he's the only other center besides Wilt to have 50 or more triple doubles. Man, just the fact of how agile and versatile he is on the court the fact that he can shoot free throws, he can, he can pass. He just needs the right pieces around him. And again, I have to really concentrate and focus in on the availability that speaks volumes to me. Mm-hmm. So with that, man, I'm have to go with the Joker.
1: And looking at these two uh, from a car perspective, they're very comparable thinking about looking at Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is in the East Like you mentioned, as far as conditioning last year and more this year, he looks like he's actually in shape and he's actually playing with a purpose this year. I wonder with doc rivers being there now that he has new motivation and I'm curious how this looks five years from now, because some of that too, it was managing him because of his, his feet and making sure that he didn't re injure himself after giving him time to heal up over the two years. And He's a dynamic player for sure, man. Dominant. And he's been dominating this year. And then you look at Jokic, the triple doubles, the way he plays the game, as far as he can do, he's so multi. He's multidimensional that Joel Embiid is not. Joel Embiid cannot run a break. Jokic can run a break. He can do all that. He can shoot the three consistently. He's in the West. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the playoff performances. This is where I was going to go with it besides the availability piece, was the Joker has been to the Western Conference Finals. That being said, man, and Joel Embiid, he hasn't been there. They mm-hmm. flamed out in the playoffs. Granted, they've had some tricky matchups and they had a Kawhi Leonard touch the rim shot <laughs> to put them out of the playoffs when <laughs> Toronto uh, beat them to go against Milwaukee in their Eastern Conference Finals. So from a card perspective... I'm going to go with Joel Embiid's card. Whoa. I think Jokic is a better player. I'm looking at the card. I think Joel Embiid just has a little more cachet from mm. the card perspective. I think Jokic, he doesn't get it. I don't think he gets enough pub. You look at Luka Doncic versus Jokic and the comparison, like the publicity. Jokic is a quiet. He just does his thing. And I don't know if it's because he's in Denver.
0: I put like this, and this is a very interesting discussion here. Though, I think it's because he is in the Western Conference and it is Denver. I think by them being in the bubble last year, mm-hmm. I think they did get a little bit more press, more yeah. coverage than if they were not in the bubble. But no, that's that's an interesting point. I think you know, even in the Western Conference, there are a lot of people, a lot of players who don't get nearly enough hype and bub because the games on are on too late yep so
1: yes so that's where even like even i know this is Jokic and b but you look at Dame lillard and spider mitchell and all those dudes man where it's like since they're on the west coast the bubble gave them some shine but now it's back to like david mitchell should be getting more shine than what he is right now this year definitely definitely for utah being number one in the west So that is the reason I'm looking at Joel Embiid's card is because just because of he's on the East coast, he's getting more publicity. He's more of an out front type player where Jokic doesn't get the publicity. So I think that may take a small hit on his card value. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I can't argue with you on that one, man. Cause I had a tough time, you know, trying to decide on this one. Yeah. And I put it like this. Here's the other reason why I'm thinking about Jokic. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to stay in Denver his whole career. I think it's going to come down to a point where he's going to request a trade Mm -hmm. or they're going to move him or whatever. But I think he's going to be put in a better situation. I I think by the Denver Nuggets not re-signing Grant, he went to the Pistons. Mm -hmm. I think really messed up their team. And so I can see Jokic honestly requesting a trade or wanting to be moved in, in a couple of years here. I really can't see that. So the big question is when he does go to another team, will that elevate him even further? Yeah. To give him more cachet, to give him more exposure. So I'm looking for the upswing of yep. his card. So w- we'll see. But I do do think I have the better portfolio than you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is podcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us and remember that there's enough hate in the world, so go ahead and spread a little love.